forgives us because of the blood of Christ, as we turn to him, we have the full forgiveness of all of our sins through his sacrifice. That's our hope, that's our comfort now as we worship him. Let's now turn to the word of God that we may hear from our God. Our scripture reading comes from 1 John chapter 4. First John 4, just a few verses, verses 7 through 12. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world, so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected. In us. So far, the words of God. As we reflect on what we've read, let's sing together from Psalm 36, stanzas 2 and 3. Our text this morning is the same words, the same verses that we just read. It's actually only a few verses, and it would be helpful if we read them one more time so that they may be very clearly on our minds. So, again, 1 John 4. Verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world, so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. Brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, as we come to this table to remember the suffering and death of our Lord Jesus, uh, and and as well as our, our union with Him, the Apostle John reminds us here that the thing that we celebrate here at this table is the most perfect expression of love. He says, in this the love of God was made manifest. And then he speaks of the work of the the suffering and death of Christ. Uh, And it's that God loved us who didn't love him and sent his son to die for us and now calls us to be here and says, you are mine and I am yours. That is the most perfect expression of love. That's what we celebrate here 
at the Lord's Supper. Uh, We come to this table because we've come to know the perfect love of God in Jesus Christ. Well, the big idea in, in this text, then, is that the kind of love that God has shown us in Jesus Christ, the love that we celebrate here at this table, is the kind of love that we should also show and share with one another. Uh, So John says in verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. In other words, uh, everything that we celebrate here at this table speaks to powerfully to to the love of God. And so we come to learn, as we even come to this table, we come to learn that love is a quality that comes from God. It is not something to be despised. It is not something to be belittled. It is a quality written on the very heart of God. Uh, It is something that God esteems and endorses and values. God values love. Uh, And love finds its most perfect expression in the heart of God. Uh, Because that's true... John makes the point that we should also recognize then that love is something that should distinctly mark God's children. If if that's what our Father is like, that is what we are to be as well. Those who are God's children will bear a family resemblance to their Father. Uh, That same deep, selfless, life-giving love should be clearly visible in all of God's children as well. That's the big idea here in this text. Now, John makes uh, several points that we want to hear. Uh, first of all, a point of conviction uh, for each of us individually to search our own hearts on this. Uh, he says in verse 8 that if we do not have that love of God in our hearts and in our lives, uh, then we do not know God. Uh, that's what he says in, in verse 8. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. That's a very strong statement. Uh, But it is one that we should take to heart then. Anyone who does not love that is with the love of God doesn't know the love of God. Now let me just uh, pause on that that, uh, statement that that he makes. God is love. What does John mean by that? It's one of the most mysterious and, and often misunderstood statements in Scripture. Uh, We should recognize in the first place what John is not saying. Uh, As some read this, uh, some read this as saying that love is God. That love is God. Uh, In other words, uh, and that's wrong because what we do not want to do then is, is take whatever understanding we have of love and make that into our God. We do not worship love. We worship God while knowing that love is written on the very heart of God. Uh, but we do not want to make love, our, our idea of love, into our God. Uh, that would certainly miss the point. John's point here is that love has its source. That's already in verse 7. It comes from God, has its source in God, and its very definition from the character of God. Uh, and it's not the other way around. God does not get his source from love. God does not get his definition from love. Uh, Love does not exist prior to God, but because of God. So we want to get the order of that uh, correct. What John is saying here, though, 
is that love is inextricably part of God's very character. And that God is therefore both the source and the definition of true love. Uh, Just as when we we say, as we often do, uh, we say God is truth. And the Lord Jesus said it himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, We do not mean by that that we're going to take our concept of truth and make that our God, as in we worship truth. Uh, Rather, we recognize that God is the very source and the very definition of truth. Uh, So here, where, where the apostle says that God is love, that means that if you want to know what love looks like, you'll find it on the heart of God. Uh, God is the source of love. Uh, So what this does mean then is that true love is something that exists right at the heart of God's character and is therefore something that we, as God's children, something that we should value, esteem, and pursue with all of our might. Uh, oftentimes, in reaction to uh, those who worship love or those who, 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 who throw around the word love without thinking through what it is, oftentimes uh, Christians can, in response, uh, downplay or belittle love. We should not. Uh, let us not be a church that thinks much of truth but little of love. Because just as truth comes from God, so does love. A loveless Christianity is, in fact, a Christless Christianity, uh, which is to say, no Christianity at all. Uh, The Christian faith is soaked in the deep and overflowing love of God. And John then gives that to us as a real point of of conviction, a point at which we ought to search our hearts. Uh, Let me put it another way, and maybe this is helpful. Uh, To the degree that you love... To that degree, you know God. That's, what, that's uh, just another way of saying what he says. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. To the degree that you love, you know God. Uh, if, as a Christian, you experience in your heart and practice in your life a, a deep and selfless love for others, that reveals that you are acquainted with the deep and selfless love of God. To the degree that you love, you know God. If you love only a little, then you know God only a little. Because the knowledge of God produces a reaction, a response of love. And if you do not love at all, then you do not know God at all. I trust that all of us then can examine our own hearts on this and recognize the truth is for all of us, we have a long ways to go in knowing and experiencing the love of God and then reflecting that in our lives. That's John's first point, a point of conviction. Secondly, there's a point of encouragement. If you want to know God's love, John reminds us where to look. Uh, Verse 9, In this... The love of God was made manifest among us that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. And again in verse 10, In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. If you want to know God's love and you want to be acquainted with it, then look to Jesus Christ, the very one who invites us here to this table. Uh, Here he declares, you are mine, 
I am yours. This is my body, broken for you. For you. My blood poured out for you. Uh, He says, I invite you to my table and I declare before my Father that you belong to me. In that is love. Uh, Several things I want to mention on this point. First, looking at verse 10, uh, he says, In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us. Uh, at At the very heart of the Christian faith is the profound and precious truth that God's love for us is not grounded in our performance or our worthiness, but in God's character. It's not grounded in you. His love is grounded in Him. It's because He is good, not because we are good. Uh, It's not that we first chose God, because we didn't, and we wouldn't. It's that He first chose to love us. This is is a glorious and a very precious truth uh, for us as Christians. Uh, And and we should remember it even as we come to this table. Uh, God's love was never conditioned upon your performance or my performance. Uh, It has always been and continues to be grounded in His character. Uh, He chose to love us because He is a good Father, not because we are such good children. And He continues to love us for that same reason, because He is a good Father. It's a very sad and, and twisted distortion of the truth that says that God loves those who first love Him. He doesn't. He loves those who didn't and wouldn't love Him. Uh, he loves us until we love Him. Uh, he, we have learned to love Him, and the only reason we do is because He first chose to love us. Uh, and He sent Christ to be the propitiation for our sins. John mentions this uh, to, to remind us that not only did He choose to love us, but he, he, he went so far as to send His precious Son to make peace with us possible, where prior to that, it wasn't possible. Such is the love of God. Uh, He doesn't love us because we are good, but because He is good. Uh, This word propitiation, by the way, is a sacrificial word, and it refers to, to something that turns away anger and brings about peace. It's a big word. We probably don't use it all that often, uh, but that's what it refers to, the turning away of anger and the bringing about of peace. It's a reminder to us that although God is love, uh, God is not only love. Uh, He is also just. He is also holy. He is also righteous. And for that forgiveness and that mercy to take place, there also had to be propitiation for just, righteous, holy anger. Uh, God's anger needed to be turned away from us. And this too is, is what we remember at this table. Not only that we belong to Christ, uh, but that His body had to be broken for us. His blood had to be poured out for us, else we could not have been uh, under the love of, of God. Uh, so here in verses 9 and 10, uh, the first thing we want to see here is that that. Uh, God's love is grounded in His character, not in our deservedness. Second, we also want to see on this, on, on this point uh, that the love of God is a life-giving love. It's a life-giving love. Uh, that's coming from verse 9, uh, that he, he loved us uh, and, and gave us life. 
Uh, true love, as we find in God, gives life. It brings life out of death. Uh, it brings light into darkness. Uh, so, so God loved those who were spiritually dead, who could not love Him back. And He loved them until they were able to love Him back. It's a life-giving love. Uh, God does not only love us as sinners and accept us as sinners, He loves us and accepts us in order to also bring about healing and transformation. Uh, His love is then not only initiative-taking, but also life-giving. So, that's, that's our second point then. So first of all, John gives us a point of conviction, uh, calling us to search our own hearts and, and our lives, whether the love of God exists there. Uh, secondly, a point of encouragement, reminding us here's where you find the love of God in having sent Christ, and here's what the love of God looks like, initiative-taking, life-giving. And finally, uh, thirdly, the Apostle John ends on a point of application, which is really the point of the whole text, That's in verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Uh, As God loved us, so we are to love one another. Uh, In other words, our love is to be a reflection of God's character and God's love. And, And like God's love, it is not to be based upon the performance or the character of those we love. Just like God's love, it is an initiative-taking, selfless love. Uh, More and more, I I find this to be such a critical point in the Christian life. Uh, Our human nature says, I will love them if they love me. Or, uh, Or, I will fix things with them when they fix things with me. But that is not the heart of God. Uh, our, our human nature says they have burned bridges and so now they got to fix those bridges if ever there's going to be peace. That is not the heart of God. And if it was, there never would have been peace between us and God. Uh, our Father made propitiation. It's the most extreme form of love to, to go out of His way to make peace where we had made it impossible to have peace. He did so for us. And He gave us life when we were dead by our own fault. Our Father loved us when we didn't love Him. Such should now also then be our love. It's not a love that says, I've done enough. Now it's their turn to make things right. Or they broke it, so they got to fix it. That's not the love of God. Uh, That's not the kind of love that we are called to imitate. Uh, We are to be like our Father. To love those who don't love us. To love those who don't deserve our love. Uh, We are to be like uh, our Heavenly Father. We are to move towards mercy. We are to work towards forgiveness. We are to want to make peace possible. Uh, so just like our Father's love, it, our love too is to be grounded in, uh, in our character as a reflection of our Father's character, not grounded in the character or worthiness of those we are called to love. And, and just as, as God's love is then an initiative-taking love, a love that goes out of its way, uh, so also it is a, it is a life-giving love. Uh, As God's children, we love for the purpose of healing, with the intention of giving life 
where it isn't there before. We love with a goal, with a purpose towards truth. Uh, We love those who are still in darkness or still in darkness in certain areas of their lives uh, with the desire to bring light that ultimately results in peace and, and, and friendship. True love uh, does not just love people in order to leave them there. True love loves people in order to bring about that healing and transformation. Uh, It's a love that works towards a goal. Now, some of us, as we hear that, we think, how? How can I possibly love like that? It's too much to ask for me. It's too much against my human nature. Uh, The answer to that question, how, is actually very simple. By staying near to Christ and being filled with His love. That's the only way. By coming to this table, receiving the love of God, receiving the body and blood of Christ, which which are the sign and seal of God's love. By being filled with God's love, we are able then to go and love others. Uh, By being soaked and, and saturated, as it were, in God's unconditional everlasting love grounded in his character not in our performance uh, and knowing that it will never be taken away from us when we do that then we can live out God's love as well we can let his love overflow as it's been poured into us it can overflow out of us Uh, so whenever whenever the love of God seems to to run dry in our hearts where we're not capable of of practicing it of taking that initiative of working towards uh, that peace when that happens what we need more than anything else is to be refreshed renewed and assured of God's everlasting love Uh, If we practice this love, finally, verse 12, uh, even though none of us have seen God with our eyes, yet we will certainly know and experience His presence among us. There's a promise uh, to live by. Uh, And we will experience in that the unspeakable joy of seeing God's love perfected in us and through our lives. So, brothers and sisters, come and welcome to the table of Jesus Christ. Amen.